Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Um, very pleased and honored uh, for you all to be with us today on our first episode of our podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us on Miked Up, uh, where we thought uh, being a part of uh, the community uh, in and around Toronto, as well as Canada, etc., we wanted to put something together that we can reach out to our public, uh, reach out to those who follow us and those who show love to us, etc., uh, so we came up with a great idea to do a podcast, live discussion, real talk um, with uh, a numerous amount of people uh, that are a part of our team as well as uh, from the outside. So first and foremost, uh, I want to mention um, to like and subscribe uh, to Sufi Council of Toronto on YouTube, Facebook, as well as uh, our Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter's, uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, so go out first and foremost. And uh, please make sure that uh, you like and subscribe. Um, and then very shortly, we'll have our YouTube channel specifically for this podcast, uh, which is Miked Up 416, M-I-C apostrophe D 416 on YouTube. So please like and subscribe and hit the bell icon so you get notifications. Uh, we're going to be going live every Saturday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so please stay tuned for that and continue to show support. Um, and inshallah, it's going to be very beneficial going forward um, where we're going to have live discussions with our great panels every Saturday um, and then topics uh, in which uh, is what we're facing in our in our day and age and in our society today. So I'm your host, uh, Umar Kadri, and uh, I got uh, two uh, lovely hosts uh, to, to knock off our first episode, which I'm going to introduce very, very shortly. But first and foremost, uh, I do want to mention um, the people behind the scenes. So first, uh, Woohoo Media. Uh, the brother Khurram and the team out there who takes care of our social media uh, and our designs and, and whatnot. So a big shout out to brother Khurram and the Wuhu media team, uh, as well as Hafiz Yahya behind the scenes doing the technical work. Uh, deserves a huge pat on the back um, for, you know what, uh, organizing these things and helping us uh, stay interactive and upbeat uh, in terms of technology. Hafiz Lukman uh, and uh, Mohsen Patel and my two guests, which I'm going to go uh, introduce them and then we'll go into the topic first and foremost on my right um, I have Hafiz Bilal uh, who has uh, been with our organization I've known him since he was a child but uh, on our organization uh, from the beginning uh, propagating the deen uh, from a different aspect so leading Tarawi, teaching Quran uh, also in regards to Hivs um, you know, getting uh, kids to memorize the Quran as well. And then in the university, university sector uh, throughout University of Toronto and Ryerson, uh, doing a lot of good work uh, for the Dean of Islam. So I want to welcome Hafiz Bilal first. Assalamu alaikum. Hafiz Saab, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you, brother? MashaAllah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And to the, his right, um, and directly sitting in uh, front of me, uh, Khatibe Ali Sunnat, um, one, of, uh, one of the main. Um, we can say uh, leaders in our organization as well as in Toronto, very well recognized uh, throughout the community for their hard work and dedication to the Sufi Council of Toronto, Makkah Islamic Center, um, you know, kind of the brains of the operation, you know, talib ilm studying the deen, uh, whether it's dars hadith and dars quran tafsir of the Quran, um, very, very knowledgeable and uh, kind of the eldest um, out of the entire group. Um, and it's kind of his vision that we started with and, you know, obviously uh, with everybody else taking a part, uh, helping the propagate the deen of Islam. He started with the vision and uh, he put a team together uh, and that team is very, very strong. So he's kind of the glue that keeps everybody kind of together. Uh, my elder brother as well, Janab Motaram Amir Qadri Saab. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum Hafiz Bilal as well. Assalamu alaikum. how are you? Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. So, uh, guys, just to uh, reiterate, please like, subscribe, hit the bell icon on uh, Sufi Council Toronto, uh, Miked Up 416 on YouTube. Follow us on all the platforms. We're live from our own uh, Idara at Makkah Islamic Center here in Scarborough. Um, so, please, uh, we're going to get into uh, a lot of that and what we've been doing with the Makkah Islamic Center as well. So, I just want to... Um, Say another big thanks for tuning in. And inshallah, we're going to start our podcast uh, today. Good discussion. We were talking briefly before uh, racial equality. So obviously, uh, uh, we can say kind of a plague in our community uh, in regards to being a certain way, uh, labeling people, discrimination, um, racism, all of these things, labeling, um, where it stemmed from, how we can change about it. 
how we can be a part of this change in our community. Um, I think it's very, very important. Um, so I'm going to turn over and I'm going to go right into uh, our podcast uh, and our discussion. Inshallah, I'm going to go to Janab Amir Qadri Saab. Racism, pretty much where does it stem from? How do we, like how it comes about? How do we change it? And we'll start there and then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it never ended. It started from day one. Um, if we go back uh, into tafsir, uh, religiously, um, Iblis, the root cause of every problem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him everything. The keys to Jannah, in and out of heaven. His description is mentioned in the Quran. He can go into heaven anytime he wanted, come out, go into um, places where the angels could not have gone. Ibadat, everything that he has done towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but erred uh -huh. and made a huge error, a sin that caused his destruction. And that was racism. Wow. Yeah. Iblis was the biggest racist. And uh, I have no other words to say. Uh, people, even some atheists, they describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as ma'zallah astaghfirullah, as the wrongful God, and this and that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala condemned this action first. Wow. You need to understand this. This is why Islam is pure. Islam is pure because our God spoke about this first. MashaAllah. And recorded this. Iblis, Mardud, get out of heaven. When all the angels were doing sujood, created Adam alayhi salam, a human being. He couldn't bear the fact that another being was being glorified. Going uh -huh. to sujood. Right. Going to sujood. Tahzim. So, Hafiz Bilal, as you know, وَسَجَدُوا alayhi Iblis. Everyone went into sajda except Iblis. Why? Because of Hazrat Adam alayhi salam. He couldn't bear the fact. He was a racist. See, that's, uh, I think, one of the, the key things where people, that's a beautiful point. So I'm going to turn over to Hafiz Bilal for a second. In regards to Iblis committed the first racial act. So why did he commit that first racial act? And how can we see that in our day and age now? Any one of you, I, I know no, I said Hafiz Bilal, but... No, if you look at it, right? He said, I'm made of fire, mm. right? He's made of earth, right? What's the reason that I should be bowing to him? Perfect. Right? Yep. And that's the first... Brother Amin was making the right point, is that he was the first racist. Because if you look at it in today's day and age, anyone who is a racist thinks like that. It's like, I am this. <laughs> how am I lower than you? Or why should I be respecting you? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a very good point. Now, um, Hazrat, going back to, um, to kind of original where you, you were stemming up from. So it started with racism, it started with shaitan. Iblis became shaitan. And then furthermore, so let's rewind. And then like, you know, then afterwards, like, let's skip through uh, for the brothers, you know, want to hear the real talks as well. Hazrat Adam al-Islam's family, they propagated so look, the first qatl, Habil and Kabil, about amongst the brothers. Then that ego amongst them as well. I want to marry that particular wife. She was more beautiful. Oh. Another racism. Yeah. The first murder occurred because of egoistic issues as well. So racism is actually an ego issue. Right. Thinking that someone is better than someone else. And he's feeling superior than someone else. Right. Insecurity. That's all it is. That's what's happening. Some people are insecure of some people. And that's what's happening. Right now, this is why the first murder occurs as well in so, the world. So, very good point. So, I want to come back to that. Yeah. But I want to fast forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to talk about our day and age now. So, growing up, you and I, we grew up in the same community, same kind of age group, etc. Where did it stem from? Like, where did racism stem from? I am better than you. I am better than you started. And what happened was looking down on a particular race. And to me, I think it's, uh, it's insecurity, right? right? 
Um, if I can just add on to that, I think it also starts in the household, right? Yeah, 100%. our parents, right? <laughs> That's because when we learn, like our attitudes, right? They stem from experience and who teaches us, right? And um, that's where racism first starts. It's in the household, right. upbringing from the parents, right? Right. That back home mentality is like, yo, you you know the common stereotypes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? And it's sad to say, but we've seen it growing up as well, where people say, you know, stay away from this culture or stay away from this race because you know they steal or they commit. Um, what do you call it? Um, they commit crimes, etc., and all these things happen, but. Now, when you look at the Muslim world, so Hazrat, I'm going to go back to you. When you go to the Muslim world now, so we're being labeled. We're being labeled as uh, terrorists and we're being labeled as, uh, you know, we're, we're going to bomb anyone with a beard or a certain hat on and stuff like that. And that happens. So where is this coming from? Lack of knowledge. You know, people don't have knowledge. And that's what's happening. People don't want to get, um, they don't want to integrate. So what happens is they feel once again, they have egoistic issues, problems, and they just want to stereotype a group of people. Um, they feel that they're scared of them. So what happens is they, they group, and then they make a mockery of a certain uh, type of uh, a certain type of race. And unfortunately, it's um, it's the Muslims right now, and it's always been the Muslims that they were always against. So right? what what are they afraid of? They're afraid of world domination by Muslims. That's what they're scared of. They're scared of Islam. Um, Islam is peace. The word, the term Islam is peace, but still they're scared. But they're scared to come back to the truth. Right. And these egoistic issues are amongst certain, uh, certain religions that uh, they don't want to change themselves. And that's the reason why we have these certain type of issues, right? So, um, and I think, you know, the media plays a good portion of that too, right? Oh, 100%. Like, why are Muslims, you know, terrorists and whatnot? It's because people get their knowledge from certain inputs. Yeah. And when their input is like mainstream media and how media portrays us as, you know, like the one bad thing that something happens across the world, they just automatically look, Muslims are terrorists. Yeah. You don't see the good side of Islam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like actual good practicing Muslims. But I think a lot of that has to do with um, how, uh, let's say per se, we also act we have a sense of responsibility as for well sure, for sure and our responsibility is to to make sure that where we're taking our knowledge from or where we're taking our um information from has to be a proper source when you have these extreme extremists that uh, you know out there and they're bombing and 9-11 and all of that stuff because that's where the real turnaround happened 9-11 right and people um started to act a certain way and then they started labeling us as uh terrorists and and stuff like that so i'm going to turn over to to yourself as well um, in regards to this, this exact point. So we're labeled as terrorists, right? So where are the media or where are people getting that idea from? Mm. The media, to me, it's one clan. It's one organization. It's um, to label Islam and denounce Islam. And unfortunately, there's a lot of agencies that are involved in this as well. Um, some people may think, you know, I'm talking about conspiracy theories and stuff like that now. But um, I told you, the enemies of Islam has always been Shaitan and his army. And whoever carries the traits of Shaitan, of whatever traits that Shaitan has, evilness, anything, are from the Kufar. And those people are carrying those traits. And of them, it's tribalism. That's another issue that we have amongst our own Muslim right. people. And I'm against that. And I hate that from the time of Jahalat. I just don't understand why our people can't get out of tribalism as well. Right. So now we look at people, you know, obviously where it, where it stems from. And then you look back, let's go back a couple of years and you see the likes of um, Malcolm X. For example, huge influence. He started a certain way and then he realized himself when he went for Hajj what, uh, what Islam was really about. And he turned, but they killed him. So why was he killing him? He, at first he was black power and, you know, kill the whites and that type of thing. But then he switched. Because also where he was part of the first um, organization that he was part of was also a racist religion as well. Racist, racist cult 
Yeah. In the name of religion as well. Right. It was all blacks. <laughs> that's a good point. Right. Yeah. And then that's when Malcolm X went to Hajj and he's seen Arabs, Indians, Pakistanis, brown, white, everyone is one. Right. Opened his eyes. But still, he could have ran away from Islam too. Mm. But it was the hadayat and tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's blessed Malcolm X. To me, I think Malcolm X is a, is a wali. MashaAllah. He was a wali. Because to go through what he's done, this was a sunnah of Imam Hussain. Mm. He's seen by himself with his family getting attacked from his home in Harlem all the time. And by his own people. Right. Right? Join forces with the others. Wow. And then killed him. Yeah. Why? Because of the truth. It's all egoistic. So if you think about it, labeling yourself as being truthful, so the more the more truthful you are, you're getting you're getting killed, pretty much. And this is this is what's different about our podcast, right? I want to no no holds barred. Just say it how it is because people deserve to hear the truth. And then if there's any issues, then we can discuss it and whatnot. But um, I'm going to come back to that in a second. So uh, Hafiz Bilal, let's look at this day and age. What is kind of hurting? our community is because we're trying to fit in so we live a certain way we dress a certain way to please not Allah or not even ourselves how we feel comfortable but we 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 start to dress and and act and do all these things to please the west yep so please society right so i know you went to school out here you're going to university as well so touch on that oh, it's it's exactly like you said people try to fit in Right, they're afraid of being labeled, afraid of being discriminated against. Yeah. Right, um, you'll see brothers like older brothers; they don't want to grow a beard. Yeah. Right. What are some of your problems or what you went through, like as a Muslim? Um. So just just noticing that because you know I I went to school in uh, at a Muslim yeah. school, private yeah. school, right? Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Right. At least we were opened up to you know different people, different backgrounds. Not like because when we grow up, we're like told you know what, just stick with your people from your own background like indian <laughs> pakistani right yeah, yeah there's no need to hang out with uh other cultured people yeah, yeah right but then that opens up your eyes is that you know what there's also muslims that are black yeah there's also muslims that are white 100 right they're just like you 100 and then we have a tendency to look down on others from other cultures right yeah. we think that you know what um he's uh he's a black muslim uh he probably doesn't have as much knowledge of the deen yeah right we have that tendency but in reality it's probably the other way around where 100%. they're probably more knowledgeable than us 100 percent right and then we go through a phase like when soon when kids get to university it's like when you're in that shelter of like a private school right more private muslim school yeah you don't have that open of other people from other religions you know day to day you're not talking to them seeing them interacting with them yeah you go out to university and all of a sudden it's a big change right right and then that's where like youth get tendency to try to fit in dress yeah. a certain way you know lose some values that they had previously right Right. I think social media has a big part in this. Hijabi models, you know, you That's can the worst. You can wear you can They're wear jeans and shirt and show off your body parts. The term aura means to cover. Yeah. Aurat, aura, cover. Yeah. Aurat to a woman that is covered. Yeah. Okay, hijab and then showing your chest and your backside. How does that cover? How does that mean aura? You know, our women are lost too, right? I think loss of identity. Um at the same uh, time, you know, you can say the men are too, right? Yeah, Dressing yeah. with tight clothes. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But why, why, why are we doing this? This is what I want to try to discuss, right? Like, why, why are we giving in to society? Why are we afraid to wear a jubba and a topi and, and this and that? Yes, okay, I understand you're going to be labeled a certain way. But when we look at things, obviously something has to do with our upbringing. So our parents have, have a play in this? No, because our parents always told us that you know, you need a good job. After with a good job, you need a good woman to get married. And in order to do that, we try to impress the West a lot because then everyone's modern. Uh-huh. Everyone's forgetting Islam. Uh-huh. So what is the, the first thing that people ask about, you know, or the parents enforce their child? And which is not bad. I mean, this is mandatory. You got to earn, you know, get your career going. Finish your school. Yeah. And Alhamdulillah with the brothers Hafiz Yahya and Hafiz Bilal, of course, 
keeping a medium where their parents put them to private Islamic school, right. then university. Right. This is how it should have been done. Right. Kept a medium yeah, yeah. and then went to university. So they had both a backbone right. of Islam, then going into the real world, holding on to Islam, right. and then you know, finishing their career and what they, what they have to do in their secular world. But now we don't see that. Right. So question, is there racism in Islam? In Islam? Of course there is. Of course. I told you, tribalism too. Yeah. That's the main thing. We have, we have racism amongst our own tribes. Can you give us an example? Um, India, I'll throw one out there, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We have like community-based mosques, right? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> like we have Pakistani community mosques, and then you have like Bengali mosques, Gujarati mosques, and like all sorts of communities. Sure. It's like, why is there a need for that? And then they're not speaking our language here exactly. in the country. Exactly. Islam... And that's my biggest pet peeve. I told you yeah. from day one I can go on forever with that. And we spoke about uh, the management issues in, in the mosque. The management are still... They're, they're, the parents are crying that their children need to come to the mosque. But the imam is speaking a different language. Right. Or they're speaking a language they don't understand. Right. They're not used to. So to me, I think that's discriminatory. Right. Because, look, as an imam, Hafiz Saab is an imam too of the mosque. Hafiz Yahya is an imam. Imagine, brother, from a different brother from a different culture that is coming to you. And you're reciting, or you're doing tafsir, you're doing bayan, you're doing whatever it is. And then you're speaking to another language. Yep. Your brother, you know, you're alienating him already. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks bad. That's racism to me. Right. It's discrimination. I don't, it, it just sucks. This is why... Uh, we don't have a mixed culture in our mosque and diversity. And that's what I'm crying for inside the Makkah Islamic Center. I said, listen, we need to enforce English. Our religious language is Arabic. 100%. English is our, the language of the country. And that's how it's going to be. So everyone has to hear the message. It's equal message. Right. And yeah, that's why I think everyone's, you know, divided. You know, yeah. that's a solution, right? Um, getting one standard language like English is our country language. We should have that in the mosque. But when we don't have that, that actually causes division. Right. Right. You know what? I, I, reading the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, you know what? One of the biggest, uh, biggest things and the biggest message that the Prophet ﷺ uh, gave out was no Arab is greater than a non-Arab and no non-Arab is greater than an Arab. So let's take it there. What, what, what do you take out of that? Islam is a purest religion. Allah has condemned racism. Rasulullah has showed us the correct way. We have fallen off the trap, the track of Rasulullah. We started again doing jahalat. And we're in that same position. You can't get out of it. Right. That's it. You need a sheikh, you need a peer to teach you correctly. And you'll start to teach you correctly, teach Islam the correct way. This is how we're going to get away from it. Or else it's going to be ignorance. If you have your parents start teaching you, uh, unfortunately, Islam, that they don't know Islam, they have their own interpretation, and this is what's going to happen. Right. I was blah. Yeah. No, for me, it's as simple as when Prophet said, you know, no Arab is better than a black, or no black is better than an Arab. It's treat everybody with the same level of respect. Yeah. Right? There should be respect for other people of other cultures, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what? And... Looking at that is how do we deliver this message correctly? How do we deliver this message about no racism? We're all equal. And, and then especially about the society, living in this, in this world, living in this society, how to fit in properly, etc. Brother, we need to get involved in different communities. We need to go, especially I'm talking about the work of the deen. Firstly, imams need to go outside. They need to speak into the community, community members from different leaders of different communities. <clears throat> And speak to them, welcome them, and engage with them, engage with their children. Like as an elder of the Makkah Islamic Center, this is my job. You know what I mean? I'm trying to integrate. I'm trying to bring diversity back inside the mosque, which we don't have. How many people that we have reverted already yeah. into Islam? There was two already. One is a regular that comes. There's another brother that accepted Islam. And we, we started, and these brothers are non-Pakistani and non-Indian. Yeah, yeah. They are African right. descent. Right. One is Jamaican, 
And the other brother is, I think he's Jamaican as well. Right. So that means we're doing, brother, you need to show ikhlas, show love, show muhabbat. And this is, this is the treatment of Rasulullah And if we follow the, uh, the rulings, the correct rulings of the sunnah of Rasulullah we can actually engage and speak to people. But we made our mosques into community centers, uh-huh. hangout spots. Uh-huh. And that's what's going to happen. We need to get out of this bubble. Right. I know, I went to the parking lot. Uh, I think Hafiz Yahya was there too. After Juma, sisters who are African, we went, gave them Islam. Here's a madrasa. Oh, this is a madrasa here? Yes, welcoming. She understood why, because I was speaking in English. Right, right. And now, if it was an Indian or Pakistani imam who were speaking Urdu or Gujarati or Bengala, how are they going to communicate with the community members? Sure. You can't do that. Yeah. You have to speak the language of your country, integrate, show love. And we do a lot of social services work. How many of your imams here go outside and doing work in the services or helping the community? Name me one imam. None. Name me one imam. Okay, not alhamdulillah, I'm not being egoistic. There are many. But show me some that are doing outside grassroots work. But see, that is what's going to take that racism card off of our, or that label of racism off our heads. That look, oh, wow, this is Islam? You know what I mean? Khidmat khalq where we call, you know, going out, feeding the poor, um, going to the homeless. Um, Brother Mohsen uh, showed me a text message that he got from some, somebody saying, oh, why are you guys going downtown and doing this? Because, oh, those guys are druggies and those guys are bums and excuse my language, but that, that's what he's saying. And Brother Mohsen handled it perfectly, actually. Professional. And he, yeah. And he said, look, it's not our job to judge. That's the problem with us. We judge first. And then act upon it later. Our job is to fulfill what the Prophet ﷺ sunnah was and by giving back to so the community. I told him that I'm going to take care of that issue on live air. I'm going to say it now. Yeah, yeah. So the brother said to our brother, who was the ambassador of the Sufi Council, Osin Patel, he said, uh, send your money back home. Look at this. Our mentality is still back home. We're living in our country in Canada. But our mentality, our head is still there. Right. So then you're going to stir up issues. Aren't there not scammers back home? Of course. Aren't there not drug dealers back home? Most said the same Aren't there any druggies back home? Right. There's more scammers back home, but there are poor people back home. Of course. Don't get me wrong. There are poor. We have to help back home too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You, you know, you have your organization that you have to help. We have to help everyone. The Sufi Council has went to Sierra Leone, Africa. Yeah. We built water wells in Africa. 100%. Why didn't we build water wells in India and Pakistan first? True. You no, wanted just to we, yeah. add on to that point. You know, the Prophet I think, Salah. correct me if I'm wrong, one of the lowest levels of Iman is to make sure that your neighbor doesn't sleep hungry. 110%. Nation, nation, right? 110%. And I'm pretty sure you sent the video when, uh, at the place that we go to every year. Yeah. People are sleeping in tents. 100%. Right? Brother. Everybody knows how cold it is in Toronto, right? So, brother, the brother, in tents. look, that brother is being judgmental, ignorant. Um, we have to take care of our country first. This is Canada. We gotta, we're living in Canada. We earn in Canada. We pay taxes in Canada. Yeah. We got to take care of our people in Canada. We got to show Islam. Okay, do it for Islam. Khidmat yeah. al-Khalq. No problem. Right. How many people, these brothers, this is why I said when Hafiz Luqman just joined the team last year, alhamdulillah. Hafiz Yahya has been there from day one. When we seen how many Muslims that were on the street. Oh, yeah. How many Palestinians were on the street? Sure. Refugees, the brothers. 100%. Remember when that incident, when the brother was speaking Punjabi even? <laughs> yeah. Bro, there's, there's people in our culture who are homeless too. Yeah. Not everyone's a drug dealer. This is a mental health issue. Right. This is awareness. Right. We need to build awareness for poor people. It's very pathetic. I, I, I get disgusted. It very disturbs me. This is my passion to help. Again, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jalani has said, if I had, if it was up to me, if it was up to me, I would have done only one thing was to give to the poor. Yeah. Only. 100%. All the doors are closed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but one door is always open the door of generosity. MashaAllah. This is Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jalani saying, if I was up to me, I would give to the poor. Give. 
give as much as you can. You help them. At least make an impact into your society. Absolutely. Oh, oh, he's being, he's being, a, he's a drug dealer. He's this. How do you know that he's a drug dealer? <laughs> yeah. Brother, put yourself in your, put yourself in those people's shoes. Right. Imagine you're saying this. There's thousands of people on the street are saying that to that brother. Yeah. That brother, imagine every brother, you're a bum, you're a bum, you're a bum, you're a drug dealer, you're a bum. How are you motivating that brother? Yeah. That brother has no other solution but to take drugs again. Yeah. You know what? He's like, today he probably made the intention and said, you know what? I'm going to get off of drugs. I yeah. don't want to do this. Yeah. Or I can't be in, in this. I've made problems. I, I mean, I made some mistakes. Yeah. Caused these problems. I'm trying to get out of it. Yeah. Again, one brother comes up. Oh, you're a bum degrades him his motivation is gone yeah and that cycle has been going on and on and on with that brother yeah how do you expect that brother to to change but that's how our people are now our people are degradeful right they're just and gonna the degrade. worst of them the degrade. worst of them are the ones ahadith mubarak rasulullah said there's two people that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the two type of people allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes the one that is kunjus that is cheap yeah. And the one that name calls people. Right. Out of those two people, the same characteristics are the same people who are cowardice. Yeah. Who are cowards. And if you look at those same people, I can tell you, look at those people who are saying, oh, you know, those guys are bums, those guys are drug dealers, those guys are whatever. They're not donating. There you go. They're cheap. They don't want to give five bucks, ten bucks to any organization. Okay, not us. Give to any organization. And then they're the same people when it comes for uh, any type of work towards Islam, they're cowards. Yeah. This is their traits. 100%. You don't want to give? Brother, keep your comments to yourself. Yeah. You know, do what you got to do. We understand. But don't degrade your own self, your own community, and brothers who are actually willing trying to do some work. And this is racism again. This is discriminatory. This is discrimination. Yeah. You're discriminating against the poor. You're discriminating against someone that's less fortunate than you. Yeah. That's egoistic again. Someone has lower. Shaitan said, no, I'm not doing sujood. He's lower than me. I'm, made out of fire. I'm fire. He's clay. Yeah. I'm rich. He's poor. He's a bum. Why am I giving it to him? Your job is to give, brother. Your job is just to give. <laughs> the hukum of sharia is actually if you know someone uh -huh. that is a drug dealer or a druggie, this flan flan person, he's, drug, he does, he's doing drugs, yeah. refrain from giving from him. That's a hookup. Right. Man, you don't know those people on the streets. You don't know that's what the they're point. going through, bro. You that's... don't know what they're going through. You don't know what you don't know how look at their conditions. You don't know where they do washroom. You don't know where uh they take a bath. Look how freezing cold it is. I'm cold here inside the mosque. Those brothers are outside freezing, man. That's not cool. That's not right. And it's only gonna get worse, and that's what's heartbreaking. But you know, I wanted to bring that up because Brother Mosin handled that uh handed ha handled that pretty pretty good. But you know what, Hafiz Bilal, I look at um, even just my own thoughts, just looking at how do we bring about change? And one ayat I recite all the time because it's very, it's, it's very dear to me because it's an eye-opener is لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رُسُولُ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That the Prophet ﷺ is the best example of men. He came, Allah gave you the best example, but we don't, we fear away from the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. He's the best role model. He's the, he gave the best example when he took Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu an and put him on top of the Kaaba and he said, do the adhan to show the people of Makkah that the person that you enslaved was on the top and he was calling the prayer for, uh, calling uh, the prayer of Allah, to, to calling people to the prayer. Like that just showed like, you know, this, is, this is what racism is. Okay, you guys are showing this and I'm cutting it. And he put Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu an at the top of the, of the, the Kaaba to show these people. How do we bring about change involving the Prophet ﷺ in our communities? Just to add on to what you're saying, um, name one person who's faced more discrimination or racism other than the Prophet ﷺ. Nobody, mashallah. Very Nobody, good. right? No. And he's the, you're right, the perfect example, because when he was faced with those hardships and challenges, he showed us how to react, how to right. bring about change. Right. He showed us uh, sabr and istiqamah, patience, 
and steadfastness. Yeah. He didn't go back at them. He didn't say, you know what, you're this, you're that. He didn't fight fire with fire. Right. He showed them their akhlaq, his akhlaq. 100%. Right? And that's what I think we need in today's day and age is just education. Right. Right? How do we react to people who are being racist or right. have those prejudice assumptions already in their head? One quick fact is that when we look at someone for the first time. And one more thing. Yeah, go on. One more thing. Yeah. How many times in your household we heard Kala? Oh, 100%. Kala. Yep. <laughs> Indian is an Indian. Pakistani is a Pakistani. Bengali is a Bengali. Chinese is a Chinese. But a black is a Kala. Yeah. Always a Kala. Why don't we refer to him for where he's from? We are racist. Oh, that's a good point. It's true. We're always racist. It's well, true. Well, Kala, Very true. Kala, brother, he's Jamaican. He's African. <laughs> he's from Ghana. He's from New Guinea. He's from yeah. Sierra Leone. He's from South Africa. Very true. Why is Very he true. Kala? Is always a Kala. Yep. Not Why? all black people are from the same place. This is in, I don't care who you are. It's even in my household. But I told you, you know, listen, <laughs> yo, Kala, what do you mean, man? It's changed the way you talk, brother. He has a name. If he doesn't have a name, refer him to what country he belongs to. Yeah. Brother, we have racism in our country. Sorry, brother, uh, yeah, no, I cut no, you off no. there. But like, good point. in our household, oh yeah, we need to educate ourselves. Just like what Hafiz Bilal was saying. I used the example. Sorry, Bilal, uh, Hafiz Sab, I'm going to come to you in a second. Yep. I was talking before the podcast. We were talking about, you know, what uh, our parents say. You know, stay away from Kala. Mm -hmm. Stay away from the Kale because they're chores. And even, I used to sit and watch baseball with family members back in the day. I'm talking about the Blue Jays. This is going way back to some people. But going back to the time when the Blue Jays won the World Series, and it was a long time ago. I think I don't think Hafiz Abi were born at that time. But when that happened, they're like, "Yo, look, he's stealing first to second base." Yo, deka he chore. He's a chore. Like you know what I'm saying? That's what people used to say. Stay away from stay stay away from Chinese people because they eat uh, all types of animals. Stay away from these people because they eat you know sur and everything and pig and stuff like that. But we started this our own. But I'm going to come to you in a second because I got a comment that I want to address. So uh, uh, a person uh, said, I don't see how the use of different languages uh, can be offensive. And I'm sorry, I disagree. We should respect each other. And it's all about one's intention. So I'm going to start the rebuttal to that question. But I'm going to get you to uh, throw some insight uh, on this. What, you, what we were saying is that our kids and for the future generation, we should use the language that everybody knows English is a universal language. If you want to come back to the point, then use Arabic because that is the language of my the brother, Prophet. My brother, you go to school, you're sending your children to school to learn English. You spend thousands of dollars and spending and going into university and spending English. You go back home and you've been proud to show your child, look, he knows English. Right. You're in an English country. We're speaking about in here in Western world, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the imams are speaking in a language that does not, is not suitable for the person yeah. that he can understand. 100%. I want to come to a Bosnian mosque. I want to listen to a khutbah. Uh -huh. But am, well, am I understanding the message? No. So what am I doing there? 100%. How are you going to accept Islam? How are you going to accept Islam if you don't understand the language? How are we going to teach our youth to understand the language? I mean, understand the deen if they're sitting there and Imam Saab is just speaking Urdu and they don't understand. You can have different days where you have Urdu section, sections yeah. and certain days where you can communicate with the individual. Right. Or certain type of people. Uh -huh. But on the mimbar, speaking in a language where you don't understand, Arabic is only obligatory. Mashallah. Only language that's obligatory. Beautiful. Okay? I'm pretty sure some people don't even understand Arabic oh, as well. 100%. Okay? Other than Arabic, if you're not, let's be fair then. Let's just keep it Arabic. Perfect. Language let's just of keep the it Quran. Arabic, obligatory. Everyone learn Arabic. That's it. You want to learn the khutbah? Okay, great. Learn Arabic. Yeah. No problem. We went further, and people in the subcontinent of India and Pakistan... We do the bayan so people can communicate because they don't understand the khutbah, the wajib khutbah in Arabic. Mm -hmm. And there's some uh, academic scholars yeah. which will do the wajib khutbah in Arabic, which then was before, was in bayan, was in uh, Urdu before. 
they will do that same, they will do the same thing right for so the brother to say that that's fine you're controlling your own people but it's not going to go anywhere no your new generation is not going to learn 100% because you don't learn yeah you know, and how are you going to bring people yeah to just, the mosque so, i just want to add on to that is that okay that's fine if you're living back home right that's a language of your community that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. your national language yeah. but what if you're living here right what's the primary language taught at school english english 100%. secondary language french yeah right when you come to the mosque you can't treat it as if it's just a community like yours is back home. Like you said before. Right. It has to be open to everyone. Yeah. And the only language that we have that's like uh, the same for everyone, everyone can understand, is yeah. English. The correct answer, again, for that brother. That has I don't know who. I don't know. Whoever who it is. Whatever brother. Like, that's fine. That's for, thank you for the comment. It's a great discussion. But you're not resolving anything. If oh. you felt hurt for it, that's fine. But we, we, feel, uh, we feel quite different about that. We, we want to change. If we were doing the same thing as you, then we, might, we may not have been gone anywhere either. We may be doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over. Urdu, 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 gossip, gossip, gossip. <laughs> same community center thing. We're trying to get away from that. It's true. All right? And we're uh, trying to bring diversity. So, bro, like if you know, the, referring to the comment again, uh, what the solution would have been, okay, you want to do Urdu, but I also have an English khatib as well. Yeah, for your second right. Juma, third Juma, or whatever. Build diversity. Build diversity. That would be the correct way, brother. Like, yeah. And just to add on is that, you know, parents are rightfully scared for, like, culture. Is that our kids don't know our main language, like our home language, like whatever they grew up in, right? Yeah. How many times do parents come up to me and say, my parent, my kids are lost, my kids are lost, my kids are lost. They're right. lost because they don't understand what Imam Saab is saying. Exactly. Right, right. But no, just to keep that balance, I understand like parents want to, you know, just teach the kids Urdu. But yes, you should teach your kids that Urdu, keep that culture alive. But when you're at, when you're at the mosque and where you're at So let's school, stir it up a little bit more. Right? Sure. You have a Gujarati mosque that they speak Urdu. Urdu. <laughs> How are the Gujarati people don't even understand Gujarati and they can't even understand Urdu now? Yeah. So they're forced to understand another language that they're not used to. Right. It's even tough, man. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. First, you learn Arabic, then Gujarati, Hindi, and then Urdu. Yeah, it's tough. Bro, like, you know what, man? That's just, then it gets into procedure, systematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to the, we're going to read namaz now. We're just reading namaz. That's it. And that's it. It's systematic. Yeah, yeah. You're not learning. You're not gaining anything. You didn't learn the message. Khutbah, wajib khutbah is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in Surah Jumah, it is mandatory for you to come to the masjid when you hear the adhan of Jummah. 100%. Okay? You hear the message. You leave everything. If the message is not being conveyed, brother, properly, yeah. what have you learned? 100%. I don't understand. It's systematic then, brother. It's procedure. Right? After Eid, you know what's going down after that. Anyways, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh, those topics uh, as we go further. But for the person that commented, I don't know if it was a brother or a sister or whoever. Ultimately, what we were saying is, we live in this land. We should teach Islam through that language so our new generation can understand. And we have built, like Hafiz Bilal was saying, we have built uh, discrimination and r racial. Uh, I wouldn't call it equality, but we've caused that division in the masjid and saying. Okay, this is a Pakistani masjid, this is a Gujarati masjid, and so on and so forth. Anyways, that, hopefully that, that uh, person who commented kind of understands uh, where we're going from, or where we're coming from. Um, but I want to go back into uh, the biggest gap in our community is uh, giving da'wah. So Hazrat, I'm going to go to you, and then Hafiz Bilal. If the Prophet والسلام, is our best example, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رُسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا then how come we don't propagate his seerah and why is that the, pro the life of the Prophet ﷺ, why is that important to give out to people and exemplify in ourselves to, to break racism? Islam is only solution, once again. Rasulullah came to show us the truth. If we don't follow the sunnah, what's going to happen into your grave? Is another episode and what's going to happen into hasha is going to be another episode let's brother we came here to know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rasulullah have came follow the seerah of rasulullah 
gain success. Mm-hmm. Simple. Rasulullah says, the one that loves me, loves my sunnah. The one that loves me will be with me in Jannah. Mashallah. Don't you want to go into heaven, brother? <laughs> eh? Don't you want to go into heaven? Love Rasulullah s.a.w. Love everything about him. And then Rasulullah s.a.w. says again in the Hadith Mubarak. The throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shakes. It shakes when you compliment a fasik. Allahu Akbar. When you compliment a fasik, what's a fasik? Open sinner. Mm. Oh, nice haircut, brother. <laughs> yeah, nice shave, brother. <laughs> it's against the sunnah, brother. Everything according to the sharia. Yeah. You know those mohawks and those weird uh, haircuts? I'm, those I'm talking about. You know, against undercuts, undercuts. What against the the Sharia? I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, brothers. I'm not trying to get extreme here. I'm just trying to be realistic. Some of our lineups are extreme. We're cutting our beards off. Right. No, and you asked like, why aren't people you know adhering to the Prophet Sunnah as example? You know, then racism wouldn't be a thing, right? Yeah. But let's be honest. How many people are interested in listening to the Sira? Right. Yeah. How many people are interested in learning the Sira? How the Prophet ﷺ dealt with hardships and what he did in his day-to-day life, right? Just for reference, I'm using here. You did a series on Harmain TV for the Sirah of the Prophet ﷺ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that had as much traction as, for example, one of our Sunni conferences? Never, never, right? Yeah. Because people aren't interested in that. Yeah. And to create that interest, we have to present it in a manner where people will start adhering to it. Yeah. What's the first main input? Our first main step of knowledge or where children or people get knowledge from right parents yeah masjid teachers yeah siblings right and if everyone's not they don't give an importance to the seerah of the prophet send them no one's gonna follow it right so let's go to the the, the last portion of uh, kind of where i wanted to go uh, this might be off the head for for you guys or off the top of my head for for you guys how do muslims be successful in the west so not we're, we're not going to talk deen because people are scared to grow a beard like you guys were saying. Grow a beard, wear a hijab properly and, and, and cover themselves and their aura. Aura for both men and women, by the way. We can't be wearing women clothes uh, and, uh, and thinking that uh, that's part of the sunnah or something. So I want a good job. I want to get educated. I want the success. I want to work for a big firm or have a, uh, work for a big organization. How do I become successful while maintaining... Uh, equality brother just enforce that there's a prayer room inside your establishment of work yeah always speak to your manager speak to your supervisors especially the youth engage with the the management of where you're working say brother listen i'm muslim yeah it's my right i have to read salah can there be a room dedicated to me so always be uh, intact with Islam, yeah. even in your workforce. Um, always uh, speaking about Islam in your workforce. Don't get away from Islam in your workforce. How many, how many times we got Christmas Day off? <laughs> right? All of Every us get year. Christmas Day off. Yeah. You know, school, uh, kids, uh, especially like even my, in my household, oh, Christmas Day, like it's been implemented in them. Yeah. But even though they're not supposed to say Christmas Day, fine, that's their right. This is why the Jewish people had came out. And this is, I'm talking, I'm talking facts now. Jewish people here in Canada oppose that. And that's why we say happy holidays. They don't want to say Christmas. True, true. This is why they say happy holidays. They find it offensive. Yeah. So we need to enforce that as well. Listen, Eid is coming up. I need to book a day off for Eid. I need to speak to my management, management and, and just make sure that brother, like, you know what? I'm keeping Islam with me in my workplace. This is the only advice I can give uh, for the brothers. So just touching on that, do we, have, do we have that right, being a Canadian or someone from North America? I, because I've worked uh, in big retailers and, uh, you know, had a lot of associates that work under me. and. Um, Man, when I mean under me, I'm not trying to sound like, a, you know, I'm a <laughs> but I mean, people that, uh, you know, like part time associates and whatnot. Anyways. If you went to church, 
you can book off every Sunday. You get a letter from a pastor and you book off every Sunday. Jewish people, you, uh, they can book off every Saturday because it's my Sabbath. And you can't say boo to them. You can't say anything. They bring a letter from a pastor and this and that. Why are we scared to get a letter from the imam? I go to Hazrat, they go, write me a letter. I want to book off every Friday because that's my prayer day. Why don't we do that? I don't know. I don't know why we don't do that. It's, that's between the person. They're not engaged in Islam. I mean, that's, that's between that person. I, ha I can't speak for that person. But it's privileges. That's where I'm getting at. So some people have more privilege than Muslims. Right, we have a right being Canadian. That, that we're scared too, right? Yeah. And I was going to answer that question earlier. Is be aware, right? The firm or the company that you're working for, are they, like, do they have a specific stereotype or something? Are they like just majority of one community or majority <laughs> of one background? It's true. Or are they all diverse, right? Yeah. You have a little bit of everyone because when you work in those places, they don't care. And listen, brother, right? we're not united as well. Right. And that's the thing. Um, Sikhs, they can have turbans. They can wear uh, their beard. Being the police Even force. their, uh, the sword that they have, the ones that are really religious, the sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't, they, can't, they don't have to wear a helmet if they don't want to. Yeah, they want to wear turban. But they have this, brother, because they're still engaged in their religion. Yeah. Okay, we are not engaged. We have uh, sold ourselves to the West more. Right. Turbans, these beards, the other religions have got the guard from us, right? Right. But they enforced it and we forgot. That's the only, that's, that's why I said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in their mind. But we I'm, have that right, is what I'm saying. I'm coming right. for someone who worked for big companies. We have that right, right? Our Juma is what, half an hour, 45 minutes at the most. If, um, I mean, if you're just reading the Fard and, and the, and the Wajibul Khutbah. But what I'm saying is, we, we have that right. But that's for people to be like, oh yeah, I have that right. It's knowledge. Yes, you can book off that time. No one can say boo to you. It's, it's part of our, uh, what do you call it? Um, it's part of our constitution. So we, we're allowed to do it, but we don't do it. Because, we, oh, I'm going to go pray. And people are going to look at me because I'm going up and down and sitting and doing all these things. Or I'm, you know, I often see, uh, I often used to hear... Uh, working for a company that you know when someone makes wudu and they put their feet up in the sink and stuff and they're like ew you're disgusting and then that same individual hafizab stop praying salah at work yeah and it's hard to keep engaged with religion and work yeah when you're working at places like that as well right yeah and i know you can attest to this um how many of your stores have some level of like discrimination or something there's stores that i've seen personally where the manager only hires women <laughs> yeah right yeah and sure. as a male individual trying to work there how are you supposed to um ask for certain um permissions for like taking a day off to pray right when there's no muslims there and it's just females yeah you know what the, i worked for this one company and just uh, and then we're going to go into like kind of closing remarks and summing everything up i think it's been a great episode i think it's good um but one thing uh i'm going to mention and before we get to that is the Muslim in this, in this specific place that I was working at, the Muslims got together and enforced and made the company build two salah rooms. Mashallah, that's what I said. Like. Two salah rooms. And people used to pray. And they, they had a place to, to make wudu. And this company could do it. It didn't cost them a lot. They had to put two doors up and a, and a, and a four by four. And there, and there you go. But that's what it took. It takes somebody to love their religion to, in order to do it because you don't want to miss your salah. Exactly. Right? So anyways, we're going to... I just have one question yeah, yeah, yeah. before we end off. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a naive question, but mm -hmm. do you think racism will ever end? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't even think it's going to stop in our own communities. Being a Pakistani, I don't think it's ever going to end. Right? I often I, I talk to uh, uh, Brother Mohsen about this, you know, because of that whole issue. Let's call a spade a spade, India versus Pakistan. And I talk to him all the time. And he told me, he goes, he has... Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I mean, it's a good point because it's relatable. He's had friends that he says, oh, Umar Qadri and Amar Qadri, they're Pakistani. Do they talk to you a certain way? Do they, you know, talk to you a different way and whatnot? Or how are they? Because they're Pakistani. And Mohsen would say, brother, like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're good. Not every Pakistani hates Indians or not every Indian hates Pakistanis. Political, no, we right? generalize too much. But, but right. it's discrimination, right? Yep. And that stems from racism. So... Um, I don't think it's going to end. Do you think it's going to end? It could end. I wish it will end. Um, but it's a lot of education. A lot of education, a lot of love, a lot of 
um, a lot of ignorances uh, we need to eliminate from our households, right? right. We, uh, we carry these ignorances in our house. That's why racism, I think, starts in your household. And I don't care who you are, what you are, even referring to that point where uh, Brother Mosin was saying, these things have been implemented in our house. You have been told about this division between Pakistanis and Indians and et cetera, et cetera. We've been told about this, right? These ignorances need to leave. But a lot of people are integrating. A lot of Indians are marrying Pakistanis. Yeah. And that is what I was trying to get to. Um, marry outside your culture. Uh-huh. Muslims marrying other Muslims from other, uh, from other countries. This is also a sunnah of Rasulullah. Of course. Of course. Uh, other than your tribe. Yeah. The four azwaj, mutahharat, were out of the tribe of Rasulullah. Out of the Quraysh, yeah. yeah. So we, this is also a sunnah. But these things could be eliminated, brother, if we want to. Yeah. If you want to stay in your shell, then you're going to be in your shell. You're going to be a turtle all your life. That's it. If you want to get out, you will get out. <laughs> this is why in the Sufi council, there's only me and you are Pakistani. Everyone else is uh, from everywhere from else. Everywhere else. Yeah. We and we live. get along fine, by the way. I don't, <laughs> we don't, I don't, these Indian Pakistani, these things are, I don't know, man. These are like old school, man. This is nothing from us, bro. We ne- we, we've never been taught this way. None of us in our organization have been taught to hate each other. No. This, is the, this is the message that we're trying to portray. Equality. Uh, but the real religion is Islam. We need to follow the religion of Islam. Follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands through the Quran, through Rasulullah sallallahu And you will gain falah, success. And I'll just add this last comment. Um, we want change to happen. We have to be ready for change. Mm. Right? Otherwise, it's not going to happen. No. We've got to be part of the change or be... Be the one that's going to take Absolutely. the first step and, and change. And that's beautifully said. And this, the council stands for that. We're ready for change. 100%. Any last remarks? It was, it was a really good show. <laughs> it was a really good show. I think it was, this is, it's going to be fun when seeing other brothers from the council come on 100%. this too. Um, I can't wait when Mosin comes on this show. <laughs> sure. That's going to be really good. Absolutely. And other guests that are coming on. Support uh, the podcast, man, Sp- support us. We're trying to do good things. We're a nonprofit. We don't, um, we don't collect money and pocket in ourselves. <laughs> we do it for the dean. Do. We do it for the dean. Yeah. We're doing everything for the dean. Um, and some people are volunteering their time. Hafiz Yahya here volunteering his time. He doesn't have to be here, but he's, he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, but for the cause, for a good cause, Absolutely. for a change. And that's, that's all I have to say. Hafiz Bilal. Just stay tuned for the next episode. (laughs) All right. So um, that was uh, episode one. Like uh, the brothers have said, uh, it was good. It was it was our first one. Uh, So we're going to get a little bit uh, more warmed up uh, as you guys get cozy uh, in the comfort of your homes. Um, But we will uh, obviously uh, have a lot planned uh, in the very near future. So first and foremost, I want to thank Janab Amir Qadri Saab, Hafiz Bilal uh, for joining me today uh, on uh, episode one about racial equality. Inshallah, we're going to continue to do this every Saturday. Uh, so next week, Saturday, uh, we'll have our, our second... Uh, and ask the public. Part. And ask the public what, uh, what type of topics they would like to hear too. Yep. And uh, we're going to get to that as well. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like, share, subscribe. Sufi Council of Toronto, Miked Up 416 on YouTube. Uh, we're going to be on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music very shortly. Um, and uh, keep uh, staying, staying tuned. Uh, for that, uh, special shout out to my brother Faizan Ul Haq. Uh, <laughs> I miss you, Faizan. Uh, I want to see you. Uh, so come out and uh, maybe next Saturday you can join us for the podcast. Um, and for everybody that viewed, uh, thank you very much. Please subscribe, uh, hit the like button, follow us on Instagram, Miked Up 416, at Miked Up 416, and then follow on Facebook and uh, on YouTube, Sufi Council of Toronto, on all platforms Instagram, Snapchat. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Lastly, I do want to mention, um, like my, my brother was mentioning, we are a, a charity um, and uh, we run a, an idara. Um, we run a masjid, uh, Makkah Islamic Center, 3234 Eglinton Avenue East in Scarborough, uh, doing a lot of work since March. And we've hit, uh, obviously, this pandemic twice now, lockdown. Um, 
So, uh, and it just got extended again. So, please, uh, in the uh, description is uh, an, uh, a... live discussions with our... It has um, our charity um, where you can donate. Donate.sufiCouncil.com. Donate.sufiCouncil.com. Um, so, help support the masjid. Uh, we're doing a lot of good work, especially with the madrasa and all of these things. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Episode 2 next week, Saturday. Uh, Jazakallah. Again, uh, Hafiz Bilal and uh, my brother Amir Qadri. And we'll see you all next Saturday for episode two. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.